Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. They exchange about three sentences, decide to leave, and they're doing it in a limo immediately. Hell yeah, they are. And... (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Recotopia. A happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. You know the theory? that Yuri was sent here by the KGB while he was still in his teens. And for all intents and purposes, he can pass as an American. Scott, they've been talking about that for four years. It's the CIA's wet dream. There's never been a shred of evidence. But now, there is. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Yep, yep, yep. We've got different shades of blue shirts on. It's freaking me out man i don't know yeah. what it is i don't know what it is deeper shade of blue on yeah. that side whoa that side mm-hmm. yeah oh, that was counterintuitive yeah it was uh was uh not worth the time that i took to talk about it anyway uh Recotopia, episode 29 i'm chris atkinson i'm jeremy scott and today's big recommendation is no way out uh how's everybody in chat doing Good you to guys see you beautiful people mm-hmm Mm-hmm. um but uh yeah we see the see a lot of the familiar faces i think a couple maybe a couple a couple maybe uh new ones in there kind of that are yeah, i don't know i don't know uh yeah. someone uh, josh says chris is dressed as jeremy's couch that's correct that's correct we uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh took a piece of upholstery and uh made a shirt out of it no why not i have to uh, inform you that my cats actually own that couch not me that's true that's true so it was really more of a deal between me and the cats and jeremy was an absentee <laughs> lawyer on that um all right well uh do you got any small recommends that you want to talk about it's no big deal it's so small and light it's small it's tiny it's petite it's wee. tiny little small recommends we it's we i'm gonna start uh with uh, a food related recommend food related uh, because uh, my wife and I make the best scrambled eggs. And mm. <clears throat> when I take pictures and put them online, look at this. <laughs> He's got a photo. <laughs> that is a producer right there. Eric yeah. Dicer. Producer <laughs> extraordinaire. Photo. Mm. That, those are even my scrambled No, they're not. Um, mm. But when I post photos of my scre- scrambled eggs, I get compliments on how delicious they look. Well, they are delicious. And I'm going to just give you a few tips if you're not doing them that might improve your scrambled egg mm. game. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first thing is get all your eggs. Don't crack them into the skillet. Get all get all your eggs cracked into a bowl. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get all the pieces of shell out of here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Most people at this point might throw some salt and pepper in. That's totally awesome. Uh, and then just put it on the skillet. Please don't do that. You need to add a little bit of milk. Just a little splash of milk. You need this will give you that creaminess 
that restaurant scrambled eggs have mm. that you don't get if you don't now, now maybe you don't do dairy uh but that's all right there's a I don't do dairy but there's a a couple of there's lactate milk was lactose free or A2 milk which has a, one of the common proteins in milk removed um throw a little bit of dairy in there you could even use I mean you could even use heavy cream if you wanted to if your if your stomach can handle heavy cream mine cannot uh now we're ready to put it in the pan. This is another thing that people do is they put the pan up too high on the heat. You're going to keep this thing low. You want it low, low and slow, like from cars, right? <clears throat> and you just fold it. Actually, you pour it in and you leave it alone for about 30 seconds, and it'll start to firm up around the edges. And then you just fold it. Don't use a metal spatula or even a spatula. Use one of these uh, polyurethane, whatever the plastic is that's food safe that they're making everything out of these days. Mm-hmm. It has a wooden handle, like in the picture. Use one of those daubers, and then just fold. And just keep folding the eggs. Don't ever let them rest. Another tip, Gordon Ramsay taught me this. Take it off the heat for 30 seconds and keep folding. Then put it back on the heat and keep mm-hmm. going. This helps it to cook slower. My wife throws some cheese in here about a minute before we're done. Um, that's Totally excellent and always welcome, but you don't have to do it. Now, the final key. I promise this will make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Fresh herbs. Okay. Go to the grocery. Most of them sell these little plastic containers now that have a little bundle of fresh herbs. Get you some dill. Get you some thyme, maybe. Maybe some parsley. Chop all that up real fine, and you sprinkle it over the top of your eggs before you eat. And that will take everything to the next level. All right? Now... My next recommend is going to be a combination of a few films that Chris has already recommended. Uh, so I had to pull something out of my butt for a recommend today, and I chose my scrambled eggs because no one has ever complained. But They eggs. are freaking delicious. Mm-hmm. And if you like scrambled eggs, try making it that way just once and see if that changes your world. Hmm. 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 Okay. Okay. I cook eggs every morning. I don't scramble them, though. Um just for Baker? various, just for various reasons. Now, I cook it basically like an omelet, and I eat it like an omelet. Okay. Um, but I add the cheese and the salt and the pepper and all that uh, when it's in the skillet. I don't, I don't, I pour, I do all the stuff like you're talking about in the bowl. Put it in the skillet for, put it in the skillet nice. when it's heat. It's medium heat, not low, but um, medium works if you're if you can do it faster at medium. I just like to take my time. But if I wanted to, I could, I could, uh, I have, I have occasionally been like, you know what? Screw this today. I'm going to do the scrambled and I'm going to do some pretty good scrambled eggs too. So, um, yeah. uh, but, um, uh, so once again, I was, uh, taking a look at the, uh, Criterion channel uh, and looking for some movies that I have, uh, haven't seen ever and uh some stuff that you know maybe i've heard maybe i've heard of this maybe uh you know like oh i've, I've heard of this but i've never seen it and that seems to i re- seem to run across these a lot uh and uh the one that i saw over the weekend was this uh was called sweet smell of success mm. um it oh, has that michael j fox movie oh and just <laughs> like that michael j fox movie yeah um it has burt lancaster and tony curtis in it and um Tony Curtis is a guy who plays a press agent for uh, people who want to get their names in the paper and all that. And Burt Lancaster runs this uh, gossip column, I guess, or something into that nature that is the most widely read in the world. And uh, they are 
comparing him if you if you look to the uh story outside of the movie there was a guy named walter winchell back in the day who was mm. this kind of guy uh that's who he's ba- that's who burt lancaster is basically playing um uh but tony curtis is playing this guy who hasn't been able to get his stuff in this guy's paper for a really long time and he's trying to figure out a way in burt lancaster says hey you know what my sister's about to marry this uh, musician and i don't like that guy like is there a way that we can possibly break them up and uh, uh get something in the gossip columns about him obviously i can't write this because it's my sister or whatever can we do something can we figure it out so tony curtis goes through this basically this journey through the night basically where he is trying to find other people who will write something uh salacious about this musician uh and he has to go through a lot of underhanded stuff he's kind of a tony curtis is not playing a very uh, cool dude in this movie at all let me uh he he uses every bit of leverage he has against a lot of a lot of people to try to get what he wants out of this and uh and ultimately he does get uh one of these writers to write something bad about a musician in fact implies that he's smoking weed and that he's a communist card carrying uh guy or whatever so uh that breaks that breaks them up temporarily and now burt lancaster wants to swoop in and make good with the sister but he also doesn't want them to get back together so there's all this stuff going back there's sort of a backtrack thing going on she's she's wondering if he if if her brother is behind it at all if tony curtis is behind it at all whatever all these type of things going through but Man, what's unique about this movie is the dialogue in this. Like, Hmm. everybody in this movie, they don't say anything normally. Like, (laughs) they, and and we're, and I'm, and I'll get to some of the stuff that they say later because we have a question. If we don't get to that question, and I've just said that we're going to get to this question, there's a question later that asks about dialogue you've heard recently or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'll make sure I'll, I bump that question to the top. I, uh, I'll, I'll give you a few, and 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 it's not even the the list that I'm going to give you is not even like scratch the surface of how many things that these people say in this movie. So uh, it's it is uh, this is uh, just a dynamic powerhouse. You know, that's two huge stars back in 1957. Apparently, a, a lot of um, uh, uh, there was a I guess a lot of fighting on set on this, not between the two stars, but lancaster and the director and uh, everything apparently this was a tough movie to make but it's so modern looking for a 1957 movie like you will when you're watching this you're like this doesn't feel like something that came out of the 50s at all like it just it's it seems like a modern movie so um interesting Hmm. yeah very interesting Mm -hmm. that sounds very interesting i had never even really heard of that movie Mm -hmm. i need to get this criterion service Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the re- that's the reason uh, Jeremy never recommends Criterion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't currently have the service. Yeah. Slab, um, by the way, says Chris recommends a Criterion movie. Take a drink. Well, there you go. You're gonna guys gonna get pretty drunk listening to this podcast when I recommend something Criterion. So because yeah. it's either gonna watch, I'm gonna watch it on the channel, or I'm gonna order some new 4K transfer that they got, and yeah. you, they got good movies. So yeah, you're all right, man. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Over the weekend, I had my brother staying with me, and mm-hmm. we watched a bunch of movies. If uh, you follow me on Twitter, you already know uh, a bunch of what we watched. 
Sadly, almost everything we watched has already been discussed by Chris on this show <laughs> as a small recommend, but I did want to go ahead and give my small thoughts uh, to double recommend in case none of you have taken the plunge, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not know what to expect. My brother and I sat there staring at the Amazon screen and it said, rent for $5.99, buy for $14.99. Mm-hmm. What are the odds I'm going to like this enough that I want to watch it again and again and again? Probably not very good. So I went with Rent for $5.99. Well, now I own the movie. Mm -hmm. So I paid both of those prices uh, because we laughed almost nonstop. It turns into a pretty straightforward action movie by the last 20 minutes, almost because it has to. It can almost not go anywhere else. Uh, So the laughs aren't as plenty in the last 20 minutes. Um, but it is the movie it should be, uh, in every sense of the word. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nicolas Cage is clearly having fun, having a blast, Mm -hmm. mocking his many various personality quirks over the years. There's a younger Nick Cage from like the nineties who Mm -hmm. appears to him and talks to him and gives him terrible advice. Uh, and ultimately he has to stand up to Nicky, this other bad Mm -hmm. persona. It's just very, very funny, uh, unexpectedly funny. That's, that's the movie that The Lost City thought it was going to be. The Lost City has some laughs. Massive Talent has them all throughout for me. Pedro Pascal is having a freaking blast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're on the fence, this movie is really, really funny. I've watched it at least one time since my brother left. Mm-hmm. Um, we also watched Elvis, which Chris kind of recommended. He didn't uh, say it was amazing. And I would I have to agree wholeheartedly. It's mm-hmm. entirely worth the watch. Um, for two reasons for me. Uh, Austin Butler, the guy that plays Elvis, Mm -hmm. uh, when I saw the trailer, I thought he looked awful. Um, Watching the movie, I thought he was incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a scene near the end where he's playing old Elvis on all kinds of pills, doing a concert, performing a song, cuts away to something else, and then cuts back, and it's footage of real Elvis from the same real event. And he had been nailing it. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The other reason to watch is the music. Um, they take Elvis songs and, and other songs and they put, this is a very Baz Luhrmann thing to do, they put a modern beat underneath them mm-hmm. and they also fuse them together like medleys in unexpected places. Um, and the music is A++. Um, and uh, it's Baz, it's a very hyper kinetic edited movie in many places it's overly long um but this is probably my favorite baz lerman movie mm-hmm. um i was entertained the whole way through um and so uh, there you go my brief yeah. thoughts on already small recommended movies by chris <laughs> uh yeah i didn't you know it was one of those things like uh, i was like well after we after the founder thing where we you know we recommended that twice or whatever like uh, uh you know do do we do we, what's what's the protocol on what we've when we watch something that the other person recommended like you know is there is there something there and like i don't think there's any problem recommending something again it's just you know i, I don't know maybe we i don't, we just have to acknowledge it or whatever that it's been that it's I been will, done, i mean so. I'll, I'll probably try to avoid it in the future mm-hmm. uh yeah but i just didn't have anything else prepped until you noticed it uh, yeah right before the show so mm-hmm. um so uh occasionally we get stuff in our post office box and 
and uh, there was a package, I don't know, probably, God, it's been four months ago that came in. And uh, I don't know if this guy, Tristan, still listens to the Recotopia. I know that he used to listen to Sincast and everything like that. And he used to talk on uh, Facebook and everything. But uh, maybe he still listens and he listens to Recotopia. But he sent a whole bunch of these, like, martial arts movies. And he was, he was like the resident martial arts guy. So anytime we ever talked about martial arts or whatever, he would get on Facebook and say, this movie's great or this movie's terrible or whatever, blah, 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 blah. He sent me a whole bunch. And uh, one of them is a, an early Gareth Evans movie called Marintal, uh, which has Eco Uice in it. And, um, and uh, uh, this, it's the story of uh, he is a, a kid who is uh, uh, being – there's some sort of rite of passage. They call it Marintal, which is like a spiritual, physical journey of some sort. Uh, it just so happens that the physical spiritual journey here is he's being sent to Jakarta in Ind- Indonesia. Um, and, um, he gets, he gets there and, and, uh, he has a, has a meal at this restaurant and this little kid, uh, is trying to steal food at the restaurant and he finds out that, uh, the kid's also stolen his wallet. So there's a point where the kid runs out and Eco Uwais chases after the kid, and uh, there's this big long chase scene. Finally, finally catches him, gets his wallet back. But uh, but it, when he when he uh, when he does this, he notices there's some other commotion going on uh, behind him, and it just happens to be this little kid's sister, who is trying to be who not trying to be, who is being pimped out by this dude. And, uh, and as he's yelling at her and berating her and basically trying to steal all of her money and all that. And of course, uh, there's a point where it's about to get physical and eco Uice comes in and saves the day, but she's like, you know, now I won't be able to get a job and you know, you screwed this up and blah, 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 even though he saved her and all that. Um, but as this story goes along, he continues to run into, this guy this pimp guy but this guy isn't even the big bad of the movie he the big bad of the movie he's he's furnishing women for the big bad of the movie who's like some like i don't know irish guy or something welsh i don't even know i I did i did not bother to check and i'm sorry but like he's he's just some white dude who's out in indonesia and he's like hiring girls and he's um, he's eventually going to ship them off wherever he works or whatever, uh, in, uh, everything. So, um, it, you know, obviously there's so many bad guys in this movie. Eco Uice ends up like going in and beating a bunch of ass. That's what this whole movie's about. Right. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and so like it's, it's at first you can tell this movie, he, Gareth Evans hasn't quite mastered his the raid stuff yet um the i don't know if he shot this in order or what but from the beginning of the movie there's a lot of like cutting and a lot of like you know the fighting is okay it's just that it it's all over the place mm. midway through the movie and like i said if he shot this in order and he started s- s- learning as he was going along interesting midway through the movie it starts getting a lot better and it starts getting a little bit more raidy and um and it starts getting a lot more uh exciting to watch mm. and there's a lot of like like cool you know stunts and a lot of cool uh choreography and uh fight choreography and everything like that and uh um 
Uh, it does have the the problem that I have with some movies where like the the big bad who has shown no profici- proficiency in fighting whatsoever uh ends up with him and his henchmen fighting eco uice at the end of the movie <laughs> and they're like <laughs> badasses and i'm like okay if you guys were this badass couldn't we have seen that beforehand <laughs> before we got into this fight but uh if you like gareth evans and you want to see kind of where he was before the raid movies and everything like that and you want to see eco uice uh do his usual kick-ass moves and everything uh Marintown is uh, definitely worth a watch um uh it, it takes a bit to get going but i think it's uh, overall it's something that you would enjoy if you like those if we, if you like the uh those guys and uh and you also have um uh yayan ruyan who plays uh in the other raid movies as well is shows up in this as well and of, of course. course there's a big fight with him and yukiko uice in an elevator which is really cool so ha! all right <laughs> that's going on the list <clears throat> yep yep that sounds so, awesome all right are we all ready right. for the big recommend i'm fine i'm fine it's just that you're so big it's so huge it's a good rule but this is bigger than rules it's bigger on the inside is it i noticed the big one uh this week the big recommend is no way out mm-hmm, 1987 mm-hmm. kevin costner movie credited by many with being his star-making turn, which is odd because this is the same year that Untouchables came out. Yeah. Um, dude made No Way Out, Untouchables, Bull Durham, and Field of Dreams, back to back to back to back. Yep. That's a pretty good uh, run. Um, <clears throat> this is a movie about a naval officer um, whose buddy works for the Secretary of Defense, Gene Hackman, and uh, is trying to get Costner a job with the Secretary of Defense. And Costner's sort of portrayed as this kind of a badass like mm. it's even shown uh, him doing a big daring dangerous rescue um, on the ship when he's before he gets stationed at the pentagon um <clears throat> and of course after reading the story of that heroic rescue gene Hackman's mm-hmm. character decides i need that guy to come work for me um, mm-hmm. i need a guy to work for me uh, gene Hackman's biggest bugaboo for the first 45 minutes of the movie is the phantom sub uh, yes. Which he does not believe exists, but which the CIA and the FBI and uh, NSA and everybody else believes exists. And they're all up the president's ass about it. And he's trying to get this uh, financing killed so that they can spend it on important matters of defense. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner meets Sean Young at a party. Um, and they fall in love in about 3.2 seconds. Takes no um, time, yeah. They exchange about three sentences decide to leave and they're doing it in a limo immediately hell yeah they are and <laughs> <laughs> i like um their chemistry i think they have pretty good chemistry together mm-hmm. um and i realize that one night stands happen and sometimes turn into long-term things in the real world but i feel like there's some stuff on the cutting room floor of them there probably is uh <clears throat> anyway they begin a torrid affair um, he does get assigned at the Pentagon to work for Gene Hackman. And uh, he finds out that Sean Young also has another lover. Mm-hmm. And that other lover we know is Gene Hackman. Oh, Secretary shit. Of Holy fuck. And Costner only knows he's some muckety muck, big wig in Washington, D.C. And it makes him jealous. One night, they are together. 
she tells Costner to leave because Secretary of Defense is driven up outside and she doesn't want them to meet each other. Why would you? Mm -hmm. Uh, She also, uh, I think at this point, knows that he works for this guy. So she shoes Costner out the back room, out the back door, and he goes around the side and, in my opinion, quite stupidly turns the corner and stops and stares right at the man approaching his lover's door. Hackman looks over. Thank God for the shadowy tree. Yeah, Can't thank make God. Out the face, <laughs> and he goes inside, and he gets super mad that she was just sleeping with somebody else. Super, super mad. Essentially, slaps her. She tumbles over the balcony and lands on a glass table, and she's dead. Mm-hmm. That's about forty-five minutes into the movie. Yeah, like, the movie plays like almost a, a straight romance film up until this point. Uh, and and I'll break in just for a moment because sure. this this movie doesn't seem like it doesn't follow like it doesn't seem to to my eyes anyway follow like a true three act structure at first because mm. usually the first act should be done around the 25 30 minute area and this one feels like the first act goes on until that 45 minute area because there's no inciting incident until then yeah. that brings us into the, the 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 real story or whatever so anyway no no I, I, I there's a lot that's interesting about this movie it opens with a three and a half minute uh overhead shot of washington dc over the credits mm-hmm. that Ultimately, if you want to, it gives you the exact directions to the exterior of that house that they shot. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. the camera never breaks. Anyway, all right, so now Gene Hackman's like, well, shit, I accidentally killed someone. Mm-hmm. I've done this in other movies too, but in this movie, I'm gonna, I got my right-hand man, Will Patton. That's mm-hmm. Costner's buddy, um, who the movie casually declares is homosexual in one moment, which I think is just to show off how much intel the CIA guys have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And he comes over, and he suddenly got a big plan. He says, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to pin this on Yuri. Yuri is this probably fictitious Russian spy that's rumored in all of the spy agencies uh, to have infiltrated the U.S. in his teens and can Mm -hmm. speak perfect fluent English, and he's been a mole at some agency ever since. And almost everyone poo-poos this uh, rumor as being plausible, but he decides let's let's p- say it's Yuri that was sleeping with this woman and he killed her, and because it's Yuri, we can make a special investigation that doesn't involve anybody else, and we can keep control until we get this all tightened down. <clears throat> and uh, thus begins uh, the intrigue because they turn to Kevin Costner and assign him the job of finding himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You need to find the lover of this woman because we know it's Yuri. Costner knows it's not Yuri. He knows it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of great acting in this. A lot of great... Uh, I love Will Patton. He's super evil in this movie. George Junza, uh, who's one of my favorite character actors. Yeah. He's in Basic Instinct and Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays uh, Costner's buddy, who's basically the computer expert. I love all the tech era-specific stuff about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, calling from payphones phones. Um, <clears throat> might be bugged. We got these giant freaking computers that look like they're from the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to print out a list of 
gifts given to dignitaries, and it's on like that old school '80s, you know, printer paper. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Uh, and it all works. It works perfectly well within the confines of this story. Uh, so it doesn't really end up feeling like dated because it just feels like a period piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so Costner has to contend with these two assassins that Patton has brought in to be heavies in case a heavy is needed. He's trying to protect the dead girl's friend. Um who the heavies at one point go after. There are actually two foot chases between Kevin Costner and the two assassins. And mm-hmm. I found that a little bit interesting. But the one takes place through the halls of the CIA, which is, or no, the, the, the Pentagon, which is pretty mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> And basically comes to where Costner is about to be exposed because they have two witnesses. Two witnesses, a guy that he rented a boat from, and some other guy, I don't remember what he did. He was a waiter, I think. Yeah, he was uh, the the bellhop or whatever at the hotel that they went to. That's right. And they're walking them all through the CIA to point out who Yuri is. Costner even hides in the ceiling like he's in freaking Die Hard at mm-hmm. one point in this movie. Comes down to this final confrontation between him and Costner, or him and um, Hackman, where he says, I know it was you. I know you killed her. I've got this proof right here on this piece of paper that says you got this gift we got it at her at her house. It's gonna have your fingerprints on it. Blah 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 blah. You're you're fucked. Mm-hmm. And then Will Patton comes in, and all fucking hell breaks loose. Guns are pointed, and things are fighting. And then my trigger happens, which I did not warn you guys about, and I apologize mm-hmm. um, if you have that same trigger. Uh, I remembered well before this moment and just left the room. Uh, mm-hmm. Will Patton character takes his own life when he realizes that there's proof that his boss. Um, <clears throat> Is guilty, and now maybe the reason they mention he his homosexuality is that they wanted to imply he had feelings for Hackman because he talks early on about this is the this is the greatest mind I've ever known. He's yeah, a brilliant man. I tend to think it's more just admiration, and he realizes he's going to jail as much as anybody is, so he takes mm-hmm. his own life. This actually is a gift <laughs> to yeah. the, the still living members in the room uh, because now they can say that he was Yuri. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can tie it all up in a neat little bow. And Costner says, well, maybe I'll go along with it. Maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. And he leaves. And he goes off to do some thinking. And, uh, yeah, I told, you to, I told you to watch it. I guess we can reveal um, the big reveal. Yeah. Um, and uh, he is found by uh, one of the agencies searching for him, taken for an interrogation, and out comes a Russian military boss, because Costner was Yuri all along. What? Bum, bum, huh? bum. <clears throat> so, uh, I had a really good time watching this again. Some of the cheesiest freaking 80s music ever in the first yeah. 20 minutes of this move, movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be the most dated thing about the movie. Uh, let's hear from Chris. Chris, <laughs> what are your thoughts this time around? It's funny. Also, there's mentioning the uh, opening credits really weird. I think they're like trying to make them out to be like blinds or something, like the the yeah. um, the the last names of everybody. Uh, this movie's directed by Roger Donaldson, who of Species fame, uh, <laughs> a later of Species fame. Um, I really like this, and I wish Sean Young wasn't a murder victim in this because mm. I love Sean Young a lot. 
Um, I love everything about her. And there's, um, you know, there's that old story about uh, how she tried out for uh, Catwoman and Batman Returns. Now, she wasn't going to get it because Michelle Pfeiffer was way too big of a star. And, of course, Michelle Pfeiffer did an iconic turn as Catwoman in Batman Returns. But there is a part of me, actually, there's a whole part of me that one is, <laughs> wants to see Sean Young play Catwoman back in 1992. Um, uh, that's just the, <laughs> I just love, I just love uh, characters like this, like she plays here. Um uh, this is a, uh, you know, it's got a lot of like, uh, fun intrigue. I think there is a point where it's like, okay, get on with it already. Like it, mm. it gets to that point where he's kind of in a dead end. Uh, uh, and it's like, it's like, there's all this like, oh, we didn't find Yuri on this, ca on this run through. Let's go back through the building now. And it's like, yeah. they go through the building and it's like, he get he hides up into the ceiling and all this. And, and that, that program that's trying to get the, the photograph, the Polaroid, uh that the, they find some negative on the back of the emulsion of something or whatever yes. and they're able to kind of like uh run it through the cycle and like tell the computer to look for something in particular like i guess like the 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 test they show is like let's make it look like a baboon or something like that and so like it that the this picture shows up as a baboon or whatever and it's like well we can direct it however we want to apparently takes as long as it takes for the movie's plot to unfold to get this polaroid to show that it's kevin costner at the end um but uh, that just seems like that just takes forever and there's so many things this guy is asking of george zunza to do Oof. in this like yeah. I, george zunza finally does the right thing of course he tells the wrong person yeah but I, i'm sitting there thinking if you're a part of if you're a part of a uh you know secret or if you're part of a cia or whatever like that and some asshole tells you well this is my version of the events that happened you're gonna find me on this picture and i don't want anybody to know any know anything about it don't you kind of suspect that guy of of trying to cover up his tracks and everything like I, I I know that you guys are buddies, and boy, is that convenient, right? They're always buddies with the people that 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 uh, can help them the most. But uh, no, overall, I really I really do enjoy this movie. I think there's there's a reason why Costner uh, ends up becoming one of the big biggest stars that we uh, one of the biggest stars of this era. Like yeah. you you mentioned Field of Dreams. Right after Field of Dreams, he's doing Dance with Wolves. He's directing yeah. that and starring in that. He had this run that uh, was incredible. Kevin Costner and Julia Roberts were the biggest act uh, uh, biggest stars of the era, and and it it I think uh, would maybe the next to last real movie star era, uh, really, uh, because uh, DiCaprio, Pitt, and all them show up later. Clooney damon all those people show up and i think those are the last ones really after this it's it's not going to be as big as it was but mm. anyway um i just love how this i love how this unfolds it's a it's a it's kind of a you know it's not the same story as the departed but it's got that same kind of uh you know like what if you were tasked yeah to chase after someone who is you yeah and and uh and I like the idea that, that, you know, how he discovers, uh, like, cause you know, Hackman and Patton don't have any idea that Costner is involved. Right. So they come in and like, we want you to find this guy. 
this guy who's Yuri, who's who's uh, who's fake, but it turns out isn't fake, and turns out is Kevin Costner. Um, uh, that we want you to find this guy, and and uh, and then so Costner knows everything at that point. Like knows he already knew Hackman was involved, but now he knows that. Uh, there's another person that they're looking for and like they don't know that they don't know that it's him and that's a really intriguing part of it um uh so i so that sustains it throughout i just wish i just wish uh i wish sean young could have been one of the investigators or something i don't know she wouldn't have been playing the same character at that point no but, that's true um, and it's funny that you say that she you know auditioned for catwoman because imdb says michelle pfeiffer turned no way out down really and sean young ended up getting that role Mm-hmm. fascinating i also mm-hmm. love the big guy that they rent the boat from that's the same guy from tin cup uh, mm-hmm. that's costner's buddy that says yeah. uh, the word normal and him don't often collide in the same sentence <laughs> yep guy. yep um all right let's, oh, and, uh, I, I do, and, and well and that's another thing I, I, that's another thing that i enjoyed about it since everybody knows this person like that there's a pretty jason bernard who you know from the as the judge and liar liar is one of the uh, investigators in this. He is pretty certain because of what he's been told and what he's been fed that this person is in the building. And so when this guy, this witness comes in and says, there he is, there, there's the there's the guy or whatever, and they don't know it's Costner, and Costner runs out of view, and then they're chasing after him. Oh, I love, I love those little touches that they yeah. add in there uh, because everything that everything if you take it from the from the side of people who are not costner everything seems pretty plausible for what's going on like they're not dumb they're just this seems all plausible and everything the only person i would take to task is george zunza but he i like george zunza too so yeah um anyway all right um what is our uh, super secret surprise double feature? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Be very, very quiet. Secret? What secret? Our dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone. Okay, well this one was thought up immediately and you probably even thought of it too. But absolute power is the movie uh-huh. that uh, I came up with for the double feature here. Gene Hackman accidentally kills his mistress. Indeed. Yes, a, yes a, Gene Hackman always be killing those mistresses, <laughs> y'all. Um, in this, in absolute power, uh, Clint Eastwood is a jewel thief of some sort, and he goes into this house, and uh, he's robbing, like, just and apparently what they say later is like $5 million dollars. Uh, worth of money and watches and jewels and things like that and he hears a noise like oh no that's the worst thing that the thief can hear is a noise while he's while he's stealing all this money goes into this uh closet which just so happens to have a a two-way mirror for some reason hmm why is that um uh gene hackman and uh for you office fans melora harden uh who played steve carell's boss in the office um 
uh, are about to engage in sexual activity. And Gene Hackman, <laughs> Gene Hackman is, knows that she likes it rough, but he gets a little too rough. Mm-hmm. And he ends up. Uh, uh, he ends up getting so rough that she gets rough back, and then the secure the Secret Service, played by Scott Glenn and Dennis Haysbert, yep. come in and uh, shoot her dead, and they have to cover it up uh, uh, with the help of Judy Davis, who is also uh, this, I guess, the head of state or Secretary of State or something like that. Uh, and so once again. Hackman, he didn't mean to kill the mistress, or he didn't mean to be involved in 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 killing the mistress, but he did, and and mm-hmm. it just so happens to be his best friend, played by or one of his friends, played by E.G. Marshall, um, who uh, uh, he that's that's whose wife it was. God, this yes, Malar Harden is like making out with Gene Hackman, who's sick, who's thirty eight years older than she is. And and is married to uh, E.G. Marshall, who's some seventy years older, I think. Something like, not seventy, but something like it's like fifty years older. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, the same sort of stuff goes on here because Clint Eastwood can't uh, go to the police and say he saw this because he's uh, he's a know, jewel thief. He's a jewel thief. He just stole a whole bunch of money, and uh, he would be he would be the one implicated probably if he went in and and confessed. But he stole. One thing that the Secret Service needs to completely cover it up. He stole this letter opener that uh, Melora Hardin used to stab the president. And uh, he's got it in the Ziploc bag all the way through the movie and everything. Laura Lenny? Laura Lenny plays Clint Eastwood's daughter, lawyer daughter. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, in this. So anyway, uh, uh, Absolute Power, not a fantastic movie but certainly solid solid movie directed by clean eastwood back in 1997 i actually um, read that book too oh yeah the david That's baldacci a, david baldacci it was one mm-hmm. of his first hits i think mm-hmm. yeah um, <clears throat> i was at that point in my life looking for our new grisham um and I, I, he probably could have been it but i fell off of reading his books after a while but that's an yeah. excellent pick i even casually joked earlier about gene hatman Absolutely killing people. <laughs> I was a little worried you were about to say something <laughs> there for a second, but that's okay. And 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 uh, I actually thought uh, because of the Phantom sub, Hunt for Red October mm. would be uh, would it be a thing. But that Phantom sub thing is not really a big part of this movie. It 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 seems like it's going to be, but you it's have like MacGuffin Junior. Yeah, it's MacGuffin Junior. You got Fred Dalton Thompson connection there. Uh, yeah, he's in both movies. He's in both movies. Um, uh, and there's a line he says that I swear to God he came up up with on the set about Will Patton's homosexuality in it, where it was like, where he said something like, "Well, there's a chapter in the in the Old Testament that says he will, you know, be basically saying going to hell for what he's doing or whatever." I'm just like, that's something Fred Dalton Thompson probably came up with on set. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah. And then, and then you had like the Crimson Tide, uh, connection too with Gene Hackman and George Zunza and all these submarine future submarine movie guys in this movie. So that was kind of a, that was kind of a fun thing, uh, in there. So slab slab just said he needs a reason to watch tin cup, buddy. I'm going to give it to you in about a week's time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Chris, what is, uh, next week's homework? Uh, the next week's homework is a movie that came out last year, uh, and I'm not sure that you've seen it. I haven't. And I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that, um, 
a lot of people out there may be seeing this for the first time because this is an excellent movie, The Worst Person in the World. Mm. Um, uh, this movie is uh, offbeat. It's humorous. It's got a lot of drama to it, but you will think about your life. Uh, this is one of those movies where you think about your life a lot after mm. you watch it. Uh, but, uh, but it's, it's got a lot of, it's got a good mix of offbeat comedy and drama all rolled up into one. And, uh, this was a pleasant, I don't know if it was a surprise. Everybody was telling me how good this movie was before I watched it, but I was surprised at how good it was actually mm. by the time I got around to it. So, um, so uh, I am. Uh, um, I'm right. I'm. Uh, we're gonna do that one next week. I can't wait till you see it, Jeremy. I think. I think this is. This will be right up your alley as well. Yeah, we almost watched this uh, on my brother movie marathon. Uh, mm -hmm. It's on Hulu right now with a regular subscription. Uh, mm -hmm. So this should be available. It's available to rent for one ninety nine and several other places. Uh, mm -hmm. And I have never heard anything bad about this movie. I'm very excited that you picked it. So your homework is the worst person in. The world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All yep. right. <clears throat> now let's get to a couple of questions. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I'm listening. Let's start with one that I know Chris wants to start with. What is a fun quote <laughs> from a recent watch? Uh, so in the in uh, the prior small recommend, sweet smell of success. And like I said, this isn't even touching it, but like there are so many like uh cool lines in this there's a so uh tony curtis plays a guy named sydney falco and um and uh secretary at the beginning of it says something like uh where do you want to get and tony and tony curtis says way up high sal where the air is balmy <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and then he goes on this big speech too, like you know, like says something where where nobody comes up to you and says rack up the balls, uh, rack, rack up the balls, fishy or something like that. Like so, so, so there's a lot of like just like just this hard boiled type of stuff. Uh, uh, Bert Lancaster at one point sits down for a dinner, and uh, this waiter that comes up and he starts like doing all this stuff, and and he goes, "Stop tinkering, pal. That horseradish won't jump a fence." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and then uh, he uh, Burt Lancaster again. He's like uh, talking to uh, Tony Curtis. He's like, "I'd hate to take a bite out of you. You're a cookie full of arsenic." <laughs> so wow. it's one of these kind of movies where like <laughs> like everybody's got to like top each other with like these uh, these lines. And like I said, not even scratching the surface. When you watch this movie, you're gonna be like, "God, does it?" Everybody is like talking like this the whole way through, and it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> um i'm gonna go with something from unbearable weight of massive talent I and mean, i can okay. pick a lot of moments uh but i'm actually gonna pick a text message moment um there's a part in the film where the the cia contacts nicholas cage and says hey pedro pascal's a bad guy uh, we need your help uh, he's kidnapped a girl and so he starts unofficially working for the cia and they will routinely text him to check in, which I find a little bit odd. But um, mm -hmm. at one point when he's supposed to be doing this job, uh, Pedro Pascal says, let's drop acid. <laughs> he really doesn't have much of an excuse. So he drops acid and they're sitting on this bench in a town, <laughs> really paranoid about these two guys they think are watching them. Um, and he gets a text. Um, 
uh, what's her name? It's uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, Tiffany Haddish. She says, any updates? You find the girl? He types back, not yet. I'm currently on acid. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) He says, had no choice. Otherwise, cover blown. Donnie Brasco type situation. BRB. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. And this I is was dying laughing. This isn't like a great uh, piece of dialogue in that movie, but the young Nicolas Cage going Nick fucking <laughs> like for he holds it for like thirty seconds. Fucking <laughs> he holds it for a long time. Shit. Yeah. Oh man, that was a funny movie. All right. Um. I've seen a couple answers here. Somebody says from House on Haunted Hill. Somebody says uh, with a side of arsenic. With a side of arsenic, yep. Um, Stand by me, Corey Feldman called a piece of shit and said a pile of shit has a thousand eyes. (laughs) Um, uh, Was it uh, Idiocracy uh, brought to you by Carl's Jr.? Fuck you, I'm eating. (laughs) (laughs) Everything everything with the advertisements and the stores and stuff in Idiocracy is hilarious. Oh, for sure. All right, uh, you guys have answered before about your favorite athlete actors cameos. What about your favorite musician slash actors or musician cameos? Mm. Uh, if we were to uh, do strictly cameo, I would say Huey Lewis in Back to the Future is one of my favorite all time. Oh, that's great. Uh, he's you know the the guy who's uh, at the band tryout thing and gets in that megaphone and is like, sorry afraid you're just too darn loud um and then uh as far as musicians uh just having a full-on role i i thought that uh sean combs or whatever he was being called at the time puff daddy or whatever uh and uh get him to the greek um what what i just love that that's that backhanded well, i don't even know it was bad yeah, he was he was, he was daddy and he was p diddy <laughs> he changed and his name like, like seven times like how how are you supposed to know what era that was that what yeah. he was calling himself but I'm anyway not gonna uh, look it up. <clears throat> sean combs and uh get him to the greek uh uh is uh really funny in that role um as the guy who's like trying to get everybody to hit that whatever that music label or whatever uh in shape or whatever but uh he's really funny in that movie uh sean combs has a couple of like uh acting turns that are pretty fun uh overall um i still haven't seen get him to the greek and i'm not sure i should um is it good i think you'd like it okay it's i know it's like he's playing the same character jonah hill is playing the same character he played in forgetting sarah marshall no he's playing a different Russell, Russell Brand, Brand is. is, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, Russell Brand is playing the same character, and Rose Byrne has a has a funny like small role as his uh, off and off and on again girlfriend or whatever. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people in that. And that's one of those movies where you're like, holy shit, look at all these people who became big afterwards. That's one of the that's one of those movies. Huh. All right, I uh, for a cameo, I always like Josh Groban in uh, Crazy Stupid Love as Emma mm-hmm. Stone's would be uh, fiance oh um, yeah yeah <laughs> um and uh i always like harry connick jr in a movie um he doesn't always make good movies but uh I would feel you like say he is your has... favorite harry connick jr performance probably independence day mm, yeah 
He's I hope floats is not a good movie, but he's good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I just like Harry. Maybe that's just my Harry yeah, bias showing. Uh, probably, pro- probably not going to be saying copycat anytime soon. That's probably no. not. Yeah, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, in the chat here, we've got uh, every cameo in Walk Hard. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Especially we- the uh, the Jack White one where he's playing Elvis. That one's <laughs> that one's really funny. <laughs> um, Alice Cooper in Wayne's World. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Weird Al and Naked Gun. Did you see yep. the trailer with? Daniel Radcliffe for Weird. I saw a thing a long time ago. I haven't seen the new trailer. No. The trailer came out yesterday, I think, and it looks amazing because they've they've hit every single music biopic trope, like, and most of it is completely fictionalized. Like, mm-hmm. he has a raucous sexual relationship with Madonna. He's boozing and taking lots of pills when in real <laughs> life he won't even cuss in any of his songs because he's right. about Christian. Mm. Uh, it looks awesome. Anyway, okay. um, <laughs> let's do one more. Uh, we have at least one more. Yep. What is something that an objectively bad movie can do to get you to enjoy it? Um, typically, uh, an objectively bad movie has to kind of know it's bad and just go for it mm. uh, at that point. Um, you have to wallow in it, I think. Um, and... And look, I'm no showgirls fan, but that's where a lot of people have found enjoyment in that movie is because if there's any movie that ever went for it, it's that one. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, it bathes in the horribleness. Sometimes and, literally. Yeah, it does. Um, I, and I And over the years, even people who have made documentaries about this movie and uh, have talked about this movie. I am confused as to whether it was ever intentional. Uh, not, not like where it's like, you know, the room where it was clearly meant to be serious and they just failed in every, sure. in every aspect. Showgirls is one of those movies where I think there is, I think Verhoeven's doing his usual, like this is America and this is, you know, this is, you know, he's doing his satire thing, but like, even as a satire it's just hard to it's hard to like really like you know um it's like are you being serious like some of this doesn't seem serious and then some of it seems very serious and it's mixed in and everything and i don't know it's uh it, so yeah i think you just have to go for it i think you have to go go really hard and i can't come up with an example right now like the move the one that the go-to is oceans 12 oceans 12 is 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 you know objectively not a a great movie but they really sort of went hard into uh the insanity of it um uh you know julia roberts playing julia roberts and the uh the 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 little dance through the lasers that uh, uh vincent cassell does and uh they're obviously on vacation in europe and enjoying their vacation more than they are making this movie but uh I really think that's what you have to do if you're in a if you're making a bad movie you have to just kind of go with it. I think as long as there's one performance where the actor is just having a blast mm-hmm. and going for it. And my example would be Jake Gyllenhaal in Ambulance. Yeah. That can keep me interested in a film. Um I think he helps Ambulance more than anything else about that movie. Uh, some people really like the drone camera work, and that's cool. Um, some people like the adrenaline speed-like rush uh, mm-hmm. nature of the film. 
Um, but for me, what made that movie enjoyable in some way was Jake Gyllenhaal. I'd never seen him play a character quite like that. Um, and he also takes a big old swing in Okja, um, which is a Netflix original. Um, <clears throat> so he's got some interesting performances in him, and, and uh, he was really engaged uh, in this character for some reason and having a blast. And mm-hmm. uh, that shone through. I think without his performance, I would be even harder on that movie. That That expression he makes behind a ski mask is... Still with me to this day because because it's just uh I don't know it, it, a lot of people cannot get an expression through on a ski mask and he somehow does so yeah Patrick says the best way for me is to just show me everyone involved was having a good time mm-hmm. um, yeah somebody else mentions Jake Gyllenhaal in ambulance mm-hmm. uh, uh so being self referential can help uh, I think that's certainly true I think there's couple of Kevin Smith movies here or there that uh, earn some more laughs by being self-referential. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even if they're not, like, high-quality cinema or whatever. But if you're, yeah, if you're making shit and you don't realize you're making shit, then that's where it you go, like, people find the unintentional humor, but that only lasts so long for me, really. Uh, if, you, if you're making a movie and you're like, man, this is terrible and then you just decide to make some quirky decisions along the way it, uh, it really really sells in the end so all right well i think that's a good place to call it for today Alrighty. Um, i do want to announce that um we will be moving the live portion of this show which tapes on mondays or tuesdays uh, a week before public release on monday we're gonna eventually be moving this to twitch um, which shouldn't change anybody's experience very much, uh, except that it will open up the chat to more people, uh, which we will have some moderation in place. Um, and uh, we're looking at doing that next week. We'll communicate fully with you. Uh, but we're trying to grow our Twitch presence a little bit by having regular content there. Uh, and we also want to have a little bit more interactivity um, during the live portion. You guys our OG interactivity and we'll come up with a special badge or something for you or give you priorities when you submit questions or what have you. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, that's coming uh, likely next week. Didn't want that to surprise you. Your homework for next week is worst person in the world. You can find that on Hulu or to rent in many streaming services for one ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, Guys, guys, uh, thank thank you again for uh, uh, coming out and watching us and everything. And uh, hopefully, you'll follow us on to Twitch when that happens as well. So, uh, uh, all right. Well, that was a show. That was a show right there. That was a thing. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. We'll see you guys. See you. Bye, everybody. Bye. part of the live show by being a member of the sin club at patreon at patreon.com slash cinema sins chat with us on the cinema sins discord at discord.gg slash cinema sins or cinema sins twitter at cinema sins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinema sins.com that's r-e-c-o-t-o-p-i-a at cinema sins.com